Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick. And harvest is getting underway here now. Uh, we've shucked, I don't know, not quite 200 acres of corn. How you guys getting along? Uh, we just got started yesterday. Got a little bit of corn done, cut some beans today. So getting into it a little bit, and, and uh, it's good to be back. Yep. Yeah, I'm same same here. So far, pleasantly surprised with the yeah. yields. Uh, yeah. I was I was kind of mixed all season long at first, you know, back in June. So I thought, you know, man, it's going to be really good yields. Yeah. Then as we got into August, I'm like, eh, I don't really know that it's there. But now that the combines have rolled, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. We're gonna. We had two inches of rain here, so we're gonna wait. Today's Friday. We're gonna wait till Monday. Uh, let things set for the weekend, and then uh, start out cutting beans on Monday. Be the first beans we've cut. So I'm anxious to get into them. You know, yeah. see what we got there, but. uh so far, corn yields couldn't be happier. I mean, we're looking field yeah. averages of, I think the lowest I've been in was, well, there's one, there's 29 acres in the river bottom that we knew had severe water damage. Throw that out, it made 177 field average. But uh, outside of that, I've been in 215 up to 240 field averages. Yeah. So I'll take that all day long in a dirt yeah. farm. Yeah, can't beat that. I yeah. was pleasantly surprised on uh, the moisture. The wettest load of corn we had was 17.2. Yeah, I think so. some of this corn's a little bit drier than people think it yeah, is. Yeah, I think know. so. Now, that was the first field we planted, too. So, yeah. Yep. You know, it, it uh, stood the best chance, obviously, to be dry. But I think we got some more that'll be be, be ready to go as soon as we get back into it. So. Sure. We started out last spring. We planted a few beans first. Planted, I, I have to do the math. I don't, we're just, we'll say 150 acres. So that was like April 8th through the 12th or whatever because there was a little bit of a rain delay there then we switched over and planted all the corn and then come back and finished up on beans so we do have some early beans which we've never done that before yeah and then we've got what i would call normal planting time beans so uh, yeah i'm kind of curious we did fungicide all the beans uh kevin planted all decalb corn this year and he fungicided all his i was all pioneer and didn't fungicide any and we've only picked one field of decalb so far and it was probably 15-ish bushels better than any pioneer that we've been in, but it is also some of our better ground that that decalb was on. Yeah. Um, so I, I ain't got a good feel yet if the fungicide paid or not. I I can't think that it didn't, but I guess I don't know. I got, I got to get a little farther into it here to see if it actually did. Yeah. Or, you know, so we didn't do any corn. We did half our beans, so we'll have a pretty good comparison. Yeah. The beans we cut today weren't fungicided. We'll probably cut some tomorrow if it doesn't rain tonight that we're. So yeah. Yep. We'll see. And, they, and they're the same number of beans, so we'll yeah. see. My personal opinion, I think you need to fungicide beans every year. I think I think you just do. I think it, around here, I've seen enough data, seen enough of my own personal stuff. I really think it pays. Corn, I, I just can't tell you if it does or not. It, you know, corn seems like it's one of those deals. There's some years you hit it big, and you're like, man, look at that windfall. We got to do that every year. Yeah. And then you give it back over the course of the next five, and then it hits again. Yeah. And back and forth. And like I said, we just try to pick hybrids that supposedly don't need it. Sure. And uh, we'll probably dabble a little bit in it next year. Yeah. But we, most of our stuff's got woods and this, that, and other around it, so they can't hardly do it with a plane. That's how we are. we got some of that. So it's so hard to get it done. That Yeah. Got a neighbor that plants a few thousand acres of corn. They left a 10-acre block in every field that they had fungicide on. And he said, thus far, with the field view and the John Deere yield monitor, all that, he said, I haven't seen a nickel's worth of difference really? in what was sprayed and what wasn't. So I can believe that. Yeah. Which, you know, they're they're the same way. I mean, granted, they probably picked more corn than anybody has in the area, but, you know, they've still got a long way to go. So something yeah. could show up on down the line here. But thus far, nothing's just jumped out and said, hey, man, it really paid for itself. So, yeah. 
Yeah, a guy can spend himself broke if you're not careful. That's just it. I mean, where do you draw the line? You know, you about tired of writing checks. Yeah, you just got to put a budget on it, and this is what it is. And yeah, and when it's gone, it's gone. I mean, but yeah, but I think on like last year, we didn't do very many beans. I don't remember if we done any whole fields, but in several fields, we sprayed strips crossways of what we yeah. planted them. And it was like hitting a brick wall with the combine. You'd be cutting along fine, then you get to them fungicide strips. I mean, it would just it was just like really? hitting a brick wall. And it was literally fifteen bushel the acre difference on them strips. That's what I heard. Yeah. But that was the most we had ever seen. You know, normally it's a three, four, five bushel difference. Yeah. Maybe you just, just enough any. to get your money back. But yeah, and make you feel a little bit better about spending it. But yeah, yeah. So this year the verdict's still out. We ain't cut any. So yeah, I don't know. But I'll I'll know more tomorrow if it doesn't rain tonight. So. Yeah, which they kind of snuck a rain in on us here at last week. Yeah, week's yeah, they did. But who knows? It could go away another couple That's just hours. It. I was talking to a buddy of mine in Western Illinois earlier tonight. He said it was starting to spit there. So really, yeah, yeah. I ain't looked at any radar here, but yeah, we don't need any. I mean, coming off a two inch rain like that, and we weren't overly dry to start with. So we were drier where we're at than you were. Yeah, and we didn't get as much. We only got. I don't know, probably an inch or less in, in places. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So that yeah, it makes a big difference. But well, I had a little over an inch in my house, so. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, the engine seven tenths here, and we're two miles apart. Yeah, so. exactly. Wow. So, yeah, so we got a little less down there. So, we it was ground conditions were fine today. We weren't tracking or anything. Yeah. So, what are you thinking on? You do much fall anhydrous? Or yeah. Do you? Yeah. I'm thinking if weather holds, I'm going to try to put all mine on. Right or wrong, our supplier told us, you know, there's starting to be shortages now. Things are getting a little bit yeah. ugly. And he told us, at the very least, get some of it on because if the weather turns bad and they don't get none on, yeah, this could really get sideways in a hurry. So if I can get a good window, I mean, I, I don't see it being any cheaper by spring. I so either, you know. So what's there to gain? We always do some in the fall. We got certain farms we'll do, certain farms we won't do. Right. But yeah, I'm going to try to get as much on as I can this fall, even if it's just partial rate. Yeah. And come back in the spring with with something else if I have to. Yeah. So. We'll do everything except the river bottoms, basically. You know, that flood, obviously, yeah. but. uh I did hear tonight from a neighbor that some new deals on crop insurance for the upcoming year is you will have a discounted rate if you split shot your nitrogen. Really? Yep. That's what he's hearing, which, man, does this open up the door for some fraud? Let's say I legitimately was planning on split shotting it, so I get a discount on my insurance, but now it says in raining and I didn't get it on. Yeah. How do we handle this now? Yeah, exactly. Who, who's going to verify that I did or didn't split shot it? Yeah. You know, it's pretty easy to make a phone call. Yep, going to split shot it all, but, well, the weather changed. I couldn't get it on, you know. So split shot if I do the whole field at 150, and then I go to lunch, and I come back and do that field again at 50, like two hours right. later, is that split exactly. shot? Right, exactly, or- right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> and now, granted, this is hearsay through the neighborhood. Um, I mean, this guy heard it from somebody who sells crop insurance. So, I mean, yeah. he would know, and he's never been a blowhard or one to lie. So yeah. I would say it's, it's probably something to it, but I, I haven't heard it from my agent personally, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. So, and I don't know if there's any other kind of programs coming uh, there's, through. Well, there's always a program for a program for a program. Seems yeah. Like. Yeah. I, I'm not opposed to split shot. Got a neighbor that does it. Looks like it works really well. I'm just always worried of not getting yeah. the second application. I, I'm not a fan of the urea. I've seen guys that have We've done that. We've tried that. We've gotten burned on that a few times, literally. Yeah. Um, burned on it. I, it has its place. I don't mind putting a little bit down. You know, we normally do fall fertilizer. If I'm going to do spring fertilizer, I don't mind putting a little down with it. Yeah. So it's got a little starter there to go with or something. But 
I know this year I wish I had pulled into one of these fields that I did last fall this spring, you know, with a partial rate just to see. Yeah. Did I max out on my nitrogen? You know, is that my limiting right. factor? Right. I mean, I'm not complaining about the crops we've got so far from what I've seen. Right. But you always want more. Right. You know, did I give something up there? Did I lose something with a wet winter, wet spring, wet right. summer? Uh, who knows? I think you know. the last probably three years, maybe four for sure, we've done just about all fall ammonia. Before in the past, it was kind of hit and miss. We might do a little and kind of split it yeah. up, do some spring, some fall. But we've pretty well done it all the last three or four years. And really, it couldn't get any warmer or wetter than it has in the winters. No. And, you know, when we're pulling 240 bushel averages off fields, I mean, what more do you want? I mean, I can't tell you if we left any money on the table or not, but I'm extremely happy with those yields. You know, we tried it years ago. It it was a big gap. It did not work in the fall. And then we kind of dabbled back into it. And like I said, the last three or four years, it's been our best corn Yeah. every time. Now, it's usually on the better ground that we put fall anhydrous sure. on. But still, you think if you were, I mean, some of it's pretty close proximity. Yeah. You would think if you were giving something up there. Yeah. But I, I guess my point is I have a hard time believing that I'm picking field averages of 240 bushel. My neighbor's doing 260. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not because I don't know, but I yeah. I don't think that's the case. You know, the other thing about our soil is it goes on so much nicer in the fall. Yeah. So <clears throat> in the spring, you know, depending on the spring, you know, if you get that window in February or March where you can run some, that's great. But, you know, if it's into april and you got to get your gas on and you got to wait a little bit yeah and you put it on a little chunky anyway and then you got kind of a mess yep i don't know it delayed your planning you know everybody's plant early plant early plant early yep well are you giving up just as much as you're gaining there you're giving up planting date yield for the sake of nitrogen yield i mean yeah i don't know i i I agree Uh, the only way any odds the only way i can ever get spring anhydrous to work right is i have to work the ground ahead of the applicator otherwise it don't seem like it seals right you're always seeing little poofs of smoke which you know i know ain't much but it's still there where in the it's fall you can just blow in you don't ever see yeah, it you never yeah. see it. it just works good yeah so i i'm a fan of it i guess until i get burnt bad one of these days yeah I, we got a couple different options and ways to put anhydrous on you know we've got an applicator you know a 19 knife bar and i've also got the, my sulfurd you know i series tool with with anhydrous on it so I can do it that way. So I can save myself a trip in the fall by doing it with that. But it's slower than the bar. So it kind of depends on how big a window you've got on right. what I use. And I can do the same thing in the spring. So it just depends on what we think we ought to be doing on when we do it and how we do it. But yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It goes on so much nicer with the with the big bar yeah. speed-wise. Yep. And, you know, anhydrous when you're pulling a tank or whatever, sometimes you can throw that wing out into a nook that I can't hardly get. Otherwise, with a 30-foot tool, I can't hardly get it in there. You right. Know, yep. And get back out without having to back up Jimmy Jack around. Right. Try to get back out of there. You know, it's not, yep. we're not in flat square 80s. Yep. So, I'm in 15-acre yep. triangles. Yep. Yeah, glasses. we never run in-serve in the fall. And a lot no, of guys. we do run in-serve. Do you? That, I mean, it's, what, 12 bucks an acre now? Yeah, probably. I, like, once again, I can't say we've ever been bit. We don't run it. Not saying I'm right you know, or wrong. You, you can we, make the argument that you just put that $12 in more nitrogen, yeah. and it's probably the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I we run in-serve even in the spring, a half rate in the spring, up until a certain point, and then we'll yeah. do the last couple loads or whatever to get the bar and everything cleaned out. But, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll run a half rate in the spring. Yeah. We generally shoot for 180 pounds of actual in, and then because yeah, we, we don't – figure any in out of your fall fertilizer because it's gone by then you know yeah but then we come back with uh now that we're in furrow 
on the planter were four little over four gallon of 1034 so we're getting a little bit of in there but yeah overall you know we're not putting down 230 pounds of actual in on anything yeah like some guys but but also we don't have the soil that justifies that either i don't think I no mean, we're talking I know about we don't we're talking about maybe bumping these rates a little higher and seeing if we get some sort of a response you know yeah i mean a guy can always play with it in small increments and, mm-hmm. and see where you land yeah that's, and the, the bad that's part the is the beauty it's, of farming you, you try it one way and your hindsight, you're like, man, I should have did all this or all that. Yeah. You never know. You so know? the next year you do it all, and then it didn't pay. <laughs> yeah, then it didn't work out. Yeah. And yeah. You should have did it a different way. Yeah. Now, it seems like you're always chasing your tail. I don't know. But where do you think the future of ag is going? I mean, this is getting. I don't know. It's getting it, crazy. It is. I mean, you know, you start seeing all these land sales in Iowa now, you know, twelve, fourteen, sixteen thousand dollars an yeah, acre. Yeah, some of that that real big one was a unique situation though, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. I heard today that on the Effingham Clay County line, which would be the next county south of Nick and I, and that's called Clay County for a reason. Yeah. That one tract brought twelve thousand, I think, and the other one brought fourteen, I think it was, or something, which for dirt down there is that's high. <laughs> yeah, unless there's oil on it. That's, it seems like that's going to be a slow pay. But. Yeah. But, you know, are we taking the next leg higher now? You know, when ground was at three, we're like, God damn, you know how much higher is it going to go? And then it yeah. blew right to seven and eight without batting. And, you know, we yeah. didn't stop in the fours and fives. It just went from three to seven. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so now I don't know if we're just going to go from seven to 14. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, you know, you never, it, the, frustrating part with ground is at the time it never pencils right right i mean you're only the only way you can make it pen, if it penciled you'd take every acre you could buy exactly my buddy and i have talked about this all the time he's like you show me ground that pencils for pencils itself the day you bought it he's like i'll buy every acre you can find me yeah why wouldn't you yeah he's like yeah, i'd be a fool not to he's like any bank will loan you money on ground that pencils for the first year yeah you know but i know you're just playing the long game and playing it for your kids Etc. You know, it's like Yellowstone says. It's you know, it's the only uh, business you try to be in where the goal is just to survive till next year. Right. You know, but it's I, one hell of a life. I think it would be neat. I'd have to ask my dad. I don't know if he would even know or remember. You know, let's say in the 1960s. You know, if you could have bought a nice 80 around here, and let's just throw out four or five hundred bucks an acre. I, that's probably about what it'd have been worth back then. I mean, a lot of it in the 60s. I mean, yeah, probably. And I've been curious to know what was the payoff on that. You know, could you pay that off in 10 years farming it? I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. I mean, but them guys always seem to buy 160 acres every about 10 years. You know, a lot of the guys that yeah. started farming back then and buying was, you know, yeah. back then it was all big chunks that hadn't been all busted up yet. Yeah. And so I'd be curious to know what the payback was on land. Yeah. I, yeah, you're probably not wrong there. But, I mean, I, mean, I remember back in the 80s, there's a piece that sold not too far from our home farm, and I talked to a guy that had a chance to buy it. And he didn't farm. He had another business and had recently bought a farm, basically for the woods at the time. He's like, what, uh, you know, it was, what was like 85000 you could buy this farm for or something like that. He's like, but corn was like 83 cents. Right. You know, it just it didn't pencil then. Yeah. And I grinned, it was the 80s, you know, so the 60s yeah. probably would have been a better time for that than than the 80s but it's just crazy to think that back then for what a pickup truck costs now you could buy a farm yeah that's just unbelievable now it's what the down payment would be yeah and uh, you still got a long ways to go yeah yeah if you look at the gap that you and i have seen which i guess if land keeps climbing like it is and you throw out these iowa numbers i guess our kids are going to see it too but you know we literally seen land in the 80s and i mean you know we were six seven years old so not like we were paying major attention to this yeah exactly technically in our lifetime you know land has went from 
probably what a low of around a thousand bucks an acre in the eighties once stuff yeah. got real crazy with yeah. interest to you know there's been land around here sell for twelve or fourteen thousand yeah. acre. You know, so in less than forty years it went from a thousand to twelve thousand. Yeah. And so is that the next leg out? You know, is it gonna go from twelve to twenty four? And I mean, but at some point in time you can't farm that out of it regardless. Yeah. I mean it's bad enough when it's three thousand an acre. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know where that where that's going to land, you know. Buddy and I talk about this all the time, you know. He's like, my grandpa could buy ground, you know, back in the day, you know, and uh, you know, you could you could graduate high school and your family might have farmed, but you went out on your own. You you picked up a little ground, you know. The neighbor down the street said, "Hey, you know, farm my ground." You start farming on your own a little bit. You could buy some. You could end up owning yep. three, four, five hundred sure. acres at the end of your lifetime, and you started with zero. Yeah. That's nearly impossible to do now right. without some tomfoolery. Yeah. You know, or absolutely. some really, really, really good luck. Right. And funding it from three other side businesses right. and good and, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse because I know we talk about a lot of this stuff a lot of time in this podcast, but even in the 60s, a lot of the guys, not all, but a lot of them had newer equipment, mm-hmm. you know, a 560, uh, yeah, 806, you know. Well, they had to have new stuff prior to that. It was horses. Yeah, you exactly. Know, so, there, I mean, there wasn't an old stuff to pull from. The right. old stuff. Yeah, you didn't go out and say, well, I'm looking for an 806 with 5,000 hours. Well, the fucking thing's leaving out three years. Yeah. You aren't going to find one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what, you know, everybody always laughs. Well, that guy bought a brand new tractor and took a tractor pulling. Where was he going to get a used one at? Right. <laughs> they only been out for a year. Yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't any, you right. know. Yeah. So, I, But it, it was funny because nowadays, literally, you know, it's different, I guess, once you're 70 years old and established and have stuff paid for. But for guys like you and I, you're either going to buy land or machinery. You're not going to yeah, buy both. You're not going to buy both. But back then, you could. You could buy yeah. a little bit of land with a new tractor or new combine, whatever, you know, and you kind of clawed your way through it, and it all worked out. But but you could also have a side job that made your down payment on your next farm yeah. pretty easily. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, some money to live on. You know, you could have a good factory job in Effingham and working it, you know, yep. World Color or whatever. Yep. And that would, you know, your overtime, basically, you could take keep your normal wage. Yep. And whatever you, if you were ambitious and willing to work the overtime, your overtime money would be the down yeah. payment for your next farm. And you yeah. can buy a farm every two or three years yeah. just we, based off of that. We yeah. know guys that have done that. Yeah, we got a neighbor that started literally with nothing. Yeah. And he always said, you know, every seven years working at the factory, I could pay for a farm. Yeah. Buy 80 acres, have it paid for in seven years, and just yep. keep doing that. Just keep doing that. But now, that's not the case. You know, you're no. not going to go make a million dollars a year working at the factory. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you find one of those, you let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cover some shifts for you. <laughs> yeah. So... That yeah, it's just definitely changed. But yeah. I, I would like to know though back then how long it actually took. Let's just you know throw out the side job, whatever. You know, if I was just farming and I bought a hundred and sixty acres at four hundred bucks an acre, because I don't know what inputs were. I don't even how how many inputs you used back then. You know, anhydrous didn't catch on till the late sixties, I think. You know, there was a lot of stuff that they yeah. weren't doing then that we're doing now. Yeah, they weren't spending some money on some other stuff. It's just I'll never forget the first time. I was kind of sort of paying attention. A seed corn guy come in the shop, and that's when seed corn just got to $100 a bag. And this guy was trying to sell my dad on some seed, and I don't even know what he ended up agreeing to or buying, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the guy left, and I told dad, I said, Is that, did I hear that right? That that seed corn's $100 a bag? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, then why do we sell it for like yeah a dollar or something at the elevator? He's like, welcome to farming. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, of course, I didn't know that. Right. You know, I wasn't very old at the time. 
you know, it's like, okay, you know, you get 150 bushel right. one way and you're only buying, but I'm like, now I understand why you want every kernel out of the damn bag. You want me to shake it three times, yeah. you know, for before sure. I chuck the bag because it's, sure. it's expensive. Oh, remember yeah. when he was kids, that's what they gave away at tractor pulls. When you yeah. got first place, yeah, free bag of seed corn. The seed corn got too high, they quit doing yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, They haven't given you a bag of seed corn to pull for 20 years yeah. now, you know. Went in the antique class and get a $500 prize. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, can't, uh, can't do that anymore. I don't know. It uh, It's crazy out there. But, I mean... And the technology keeps ramping up, which is to me the ripoff is in soybeans because that is literally sell them at the elevator for ten bucks and turn around and buy them for forty bucks. Literally, you yeah. ran them through a cleaner, and that's all you did. And they, yeah, and they really, you know, all those tech fees and this, that, and the other that they used to charge for now they're just built into the price of it. Yeah, but that's such bullshit because they don't pay those in any other country. You go to South America, yeah. you can buy Asgrow soybeans down there. They're not charging yep. them a tech fee. Yep. When Roundup was forty dollars a gallon here, it was like four dollars a gallon there. Yep, genuine roundup. The American farmer gets hit with all yeah. that, you know. Kevin's Kevin said this for years. You know, he said I could raise night or I could raise fifty bushel beans in nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. But every year when the seed corn salesman comes, oh, these are two bushel butter, two bushel butter. He's yeah. like, why well, ought I have one hundred fifty bushel soybeans by now? And I don't yeah. have them. So what's going on? <laughs> well, I always equate that to, yeah, I bought this Mustang GT and I got my Jegs catalog out and I bought the fifteen horse exhaust and I bought a twenty horse programmer. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm hunting John Force down. Right. You know, exactly. I bought all these fifteen horse add ons. Pretty soon, I got 700 horse, and I am hunting somebody down. We're going to drag race, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it uh, is a little bit of a crock of shit. You know, nothing's really kept up wage-wise when you think, you know, back a pickup truck was $10,000 not that long ago. Yeah. You know, at the same time, we're talking about buying these farms for, not for cash, but being right. able to cash flow them and, and inputs being cheaper and this, that, and the other. It's like, for what a pickup truck costs now, wouldn't you have to make proportionally? I'd have to do the math on it, but you'd have to make a hell of a lot more than most people we know make. Oh yeah, you know, be, yeah, ungodly. Year. So yeah, it, it's just. But to me, isn't isn't the bank only betting on the come? Like if you're playing craps at a casino, because the only reason they're willing to loan you this money is because the ground is worth ten thousand a day, and they know it's going to be worth fifteen in the future. Because it damn sure ain't on cash flow. There ain't no way. No. But I guess if they get enough down, if they get enough down payment on it, they're banking on it. If you lose it, they can, you, you've yeah. paid enough on it, they're going to come out good on it. And let's face it, banks like to own ground too. Oh yeah, so for sure. If somebody loses some in there, but yep. but they put enough on it, and they ain't got a lot in it. Right. Then they're getting it bought right. for five or six. Well, you show me a bank that wouldn't buy ground for five or six right now. Yeah. You know, they buy a lot. So. I guess I look at it as sort of like the subprime mortgage crisis in 07 or 08, you know. And that's what screwed everybody. Yeah. That you, you bought a house today in Florida. you never even seen it. You don't care. Yeah. You're not going to live there. But you can buy it for hundred grand today and sell it for 200 tomorrow. Yeah. And the banks loaned all this money. And until it collapsed. Yeah, until it collapsed. And then everybody got left holding the bank. And the bank's kind of backed up here fairly recently to where you had to have a lot down. Oh, yeah. Or they wouldn't loan over a certain amount, right? And this, that, and the other, and and then they're getting a little looser with it again now. I think, right? But, uh, Which is even worse to me on eighty acres at ten thousand dollars an acre. Yeah, not, not gonna have forty percent down. Well, who the hell's got that? I don't at my <laughs> yeah. age. You know? I hear you. I mean, you're gonna be hard pressed to find a lot of seven year old men that do it. That I mean, yeah, that, that's the that's thing. A you, junk. The only way you can roll that is once you get some paid for. You know, you can leverage it, but then that's risky too. Yeah, I you mean, know? why jeopardize what you've already got bought and paid for? Yeah. That, that that bit a lot of guys in the 80s. They were yeah. rolling that way in the 70s, and next thing you know, they were selling stuff they, they'd paid for once. Yeah. I'll so. never forget, uh, somebody on Ag Talk posted, and this has probably been seven, eight years ago, and uh, it was PBS out of Iowa done a documentary basically on the 80s farm yeah. crisis. And I'll never forget they had this farmer, and it was a really good documentary. I can't remember the name of it now, but Harry Smith, I remember him from the Today Show years and years yeah. ago, was a journalist who'd done it. 
but they was interviewing all these farmers and there was a guy on there i'll never forget it he said uh he was rolling along there and this was in probably 84 85 and he had i don't remember if he said he had like 600 acres that was his it was bought and paid for and he was running some cattle and you know just working himself to death you know and the banker come over and said hey man there's 160 acres coming up for sale a mile down the road he said i think you ought to buy it and the guy looked at him he said why would i want to buy it and he said well, he said, I think you're going to get it bought right. You know, you really ought to look into that. And the guy said, I can't handle what I got now. Why would I want more? And he said, looking back now, he said, it was the best thing I ever done by not buying that because he said, I would have had to leverage most of what I had paid for to do that. And he said, yeah. I would have lost it all yeah. once we seen what interest done from there on out, you know. And so it was one of them deals where, you know, any you know, because we always look back at the 80s at how hard it was. Well, it wasn't hard for the guys who weren't leveraged to the max. I mean, if you had money in the bank it was collecting 20 percent interest because yeah. you weren't leveraged to the hill you were doing good yeah you know yeah your interest check paid your living expenses yeah so yeah it, it kind of gets a black eye just for the people who were over leveraged you know yeah. we always forget about the other side of that equation but that was the guy's point you know he's like it would have probably bankrupted me yeah. had i listened to my banker and it, he kind of felt that he'd done him a disservice by coming out trying to push him into buying that you know, and, and there's always some factors that play into that that are always make me, you know, like just analyze it a little bit more. Like, Dad had a friend back in the 70s that was, that was you know, rolling, I won't say big, but, you know, he bought some stuff machinery-wise, ground-wise, was doing good. You know, 80 started to come on, got a little tight. He'd overspend a little bit, a little over-leveraged. He could have sold one piece, been free and clear, been good to go. But... FHA or whatever it was at the yeah. time said, no, you can't sell that. So, you know, a couple of year, more years go by and they forced him to sell it for way yeah. less than, than what he could have sold it for initially. Yeah. His ground was tanking and interested ate up so much stuff. It didn't cover his other stuff. Yeah. And he still ended up going under like if they just let him get out of that one piece. Yeah. He'd have been fine. He'd have been fine. Yep. He'd have, he'd have farmed the rest of his life. Right. You know, cause it, it turned around not too long after that, but yep. by then it was, didn't matter. Yeah. You know, yeah, it makes you wonder how that all, because I was too young to remember any of that. I mean, I was born in 1980, but you're not paying attention to that shit when you're seven years old. You the know, only reason I, of course, Dad tells the stories, and then, you know what, from being at the dealership with trying to sell tractors to guys or, you know, hearing this, that, and the other, I picked up a little bit more than probably the average person, but I wasn't paying attention to it. Right. But you hear the, you hear the stories at the time, they don't mean anything to you, but later on you start putting the pieces together a little bit. You know? Right. But Yeah, it makes you wonder if some of them bankers really felt that they were doing the right thing like on a deal like that where they said yeah, don't probably. sell it I mean, or was it one of them deals where they just didn't know and it's like well you know well but, I think the FHA had weird rules you know and I don't think they they could let him do it you know for whatever reason I'd have to ask dad the specifics of it if yeah. he even remembers you know but but yeah it uh, it's yep. a it, it can turn into a mess pretty quick I mean I can't imagine could you imagine today on which I know stuff is always proportionate with inflation, whatever, but could you imagine 80 acres, $14,000 an acre, and interest went to 20%? I mean, mm. I, I can't fathom how you would ever dig out of that. I with mean, the inputs we've got today, cost-wise. I mean, you're swapping if, humongous numbers now. If interest goes that high, I think there's a ton of people that can't afford to put a crop out. Oh, I think so, too. Probably, not, probably myself hey, included. Say, I'm not saying that I'm unique in that. I, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm probably falling that category. But, you know, you start figuring up what that adds to your costs. For sure. You know, because there's a ton of people that borrow a ton of money for inputs, once again, myself included, that that I don't know that that works if interest is 17, 18, right. 19, 20%, you know? Right. 
And once again, it comes back to the younger guys like you and I that ain't established that have to borrow the money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're borrowing three times more money to put a crop out than what our dads were borrowing to buy farms. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Yeah, what the average 500-acre farmer borrows now would have bought him a farm easily Yeah, back then. For sure. Yeah. And so that's what gets scary when you're trading large volumes of money like yes. you are now. It's like, man, one uh, ripple on the pond. Like we've always said, seven, $8 corn was the worst thing that ever happened to farmers. It was. Probably. You know, we were way better off four or five, yep. making okay money. Yep. The stuff didn't get stupid. Nobody got their, their, you know, their knife out and really started gouging. Right. You know. And how do you position yourself moving forward? Because yields are obviously trending higher. And, you know, people might argue that, but they definitely are on our farm. I mean, yeah. they, they truthfully are, which to me should equate to lower prices because... But there's less ground farmed every year. True. That's where we always get a chuckle. We found all these acres. Where? Because every place I go, they're building on something. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. You go to aren't Champaign. going up. They're yeah. going out. If you go to Champaign, Illinois now, from just the time that I graduated high school, yes. 22 years ago or whatever it's been... Yeah. It is ungodly along the interstate. When I was in college, none of that stuff was on the west side of the interstate, and the stuff on the east side of the interstate did not touch the interstate. Yeah. Now they've jumped it and built a bunch of stuff on the west. Yeah. None of that was there. Yeah, and that's one city. It, one city in nowhere, our, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's ungodly, but I don't know. I, I don't know what the future holds. You know, we're going to see a major shift eventually. I mean, there's no way around it as far as look, – look at it now – any place you go to. So, was looking, doing some tractor shopping the other day. Went to three different John Deere stores. Every single one of them had a help wanted sign on the door, yeah. which ain't uncommon right now. No. But right now, we can't get nobody to work on the stuff we got. Yep. How's this going to change once we transition to electric farm equipment? Because it's coming. I don't care if anybody wants to admit that or not. It's coming. I mean, they're shoving it down your throat, and it's coming. So... How are we going to transition? You know, there's got to be a big transition here of where people switch. Yeah, it, it's going to be a mess. And I think there's going to come a term, a turn there, whereas if that group of people sticks together a little bit, that'll be a very lucrative profession to be in. I would agree. Um, because you're going to run out of people that can do it. Like a buddy of mine said for several years now, he's like, you know, I don't know why these service trucks don't have two guys in them. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you need one guy that can actually do the work that's 50 plus, that actually knows how to run valves, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, then you got to have a kid that's under 20 that can run the the, the computer, yeah, can run the technology to figure out what you know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. But he can't do any of the work. Doesn't want to do any of the work. He wants to run the laptop. Yeah. And he's saying it kind of jokingly or whatever. But by the same token, it's true. Right? It's not too far off. It's yeah. not too far off. So as this progresses, that's just going to get worse because the fifty-year-old guys are seventy and they're yep. they're quitting. Yep. Well, unless they're farming, then they keep doing it forever. But yeah. <laughs> and then the younger guys still don't want to do it. They still want to sit on a laptop, and they're and they're getting outpaced in the technology yeah. range. So you got to have even younger guys to do that. And right now, nobody wants to do anything. Right. So who's going to learn all this stuff? Yep. And how are you going to teach them? And once they do learn it, what's what's how can you pay them enough to keep them there? Yeah. You know, we're, I mean, we're even seeing that now for us, it was literally a no brainer to run John Deere equipment. I, you know, as well as I do, I'm not a diehard John Deere guy, Ran, grew up on red stuff my whole life, but we're four miles from a very yeah. good dealership. Yep. And the flip side of that with the IH went through some pretty tough times and wasn't the best. I'm not saying that's the case now, but a few years or several years ago was kind of a Mickey Mouse operation, but it's getting to the point now where it's like, I don't know if you're gaining anything because they're down to three mechanics in the shop. 
when yeah. they would normally have 10, 12, whatever. They get all these kids that come in out of college. They work there for three months, and then they go to the truck repair shops in Effingham along the interstate mm-hmm. and make better money. Yep. And then they can't keep no help. And it, now it's, all you got is guys throwing parts of stuff. They don't want to diagnose anything. And to me, it's it's very rapidly dwindling the advantage to run John Deere equipment on our farm. Because I, if I want Mickey Mouse service, I can go to anywhere else and get it too. So what's the advantage well, of running deer now? The Part of the kicker is, on the ag side of thing, is like, okay, you know, in the truck, truck world, like that's pretty steady. Like right. trucks break down every time or, you know, all the time. There's no huge busy season. Some a little more than others, right. but, you know, in the ag world, it's harvest season. Saturdays aren't yours anymore. Saturdays are the dealers, the customers, whoever, for the most part, you know. So you got to find somebody that's willing to put all that extra time in. Well, and most, they can go to get most trucking companies truck have a fleet of 20 trucks. It's like, this, it, this one goes down, one. Yeah. jump in the other one. Yeah. You don't have that. Uh, we don't have know. that luxury with yeah. combine or no. your big tractor or exactly. planter or whatever, you know. So we're a little unique that way. I, you know, and then you got the whole argument on the multi-stores versus the single stores, et cetera. You know, you know the one thing that the multi-stores used to be able to offer was okay, they can justify a really, really, really good technology guy. And they'll share here in between two or three stores, right? And they might they probably got another guy below him, maybe a guy below that, but they got one guy that, that knows it backwards, forward and sideways. Yep. Okay. Well that guy left or quit or whatever, and now they can't find anybody to replace him. Now they've lost that advantage to mm-hmm. some degree. Whereas a single store guy might have been a loyal guy and probably still there. Right. But he's not as good of an expert because he doesn't see as many cases of this, that, or whatever when it comes to technology. And the technology stuff is changing so fast. How do you get somebody that's super, super, super good at that? We're fortunate if you're not using deer case, if you're using off-brand stuff, and it's not off-brand, but let's say you're just using Trimble, Raven, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a phenomenal Trimble guy in our area, Mm -hmm. you know. But he's a one-man guy, but that's the reason he's a one-man guy. Why does he want to train his competition going forward? Because yep. if he hires somebody, that guy's going to leave, start his own business in two years. Exactly. So, But he knows his stuff, backwards, forwards, and sideways. But we're running out of those guys, and how do you yeah. – it, it changes so fast that I don't know that you can train them fast enough right. to keep up with it. You know, it's, it's very difficult. I was thinking about technology stupid stuff tonight. Stop and fill my wife's car up with gas. Remember the days where you could just flip the pump on and pump your gas – Nope. Now you got to prepay it to pump because, God dang, somebody's going to drive off. Okay, I'll prepay because I don't want to go in anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want a car wash? No, I'm going to freaking gas pump. Exactly. I want gas. Exactly. Oh, do you want to watch TV? The TV kicks on. No, I don't want to watch TV. It, you've wasted four minutes of my time, and there hasn't been any gas come out of this damn pump yet. Yeah. I just want to flip the switch and pump the gas. I know nope. technology I'm like, in some ways is great, but it hasn't helped my, it slowed me down at some level. I'm like, yeah, I, my tank has been full. I've been back on the road by now in the old yeah. days, you yeah, know, you're right. Or somebody to come out and pump my gas for me. And I sat there and he'd got a job yeah. and I just sit there in my car the whole time. Right. But, no, no, you, it, I know what you're saying. It's, it's aggravating. You know, technology is a double-edged sword on that. It's, it's so frustrating. It's like, you know, you think about your cell phone, this much just do everything, but make a call now. Yeah. But it's like, how much time am I wasting on that thing? That I used to have for me, yep. but now I'm spending doing whatever on it. You know, I, yeah. I can do a lot of things on it, which is great, but yep. I'm never actually away from work either. Right. You know, email, text, right. TikTok, 
Facebook. Yeah. How much something? How many you know? constructive things are you doing on? Yeah, because there's a lot of bulls, and I'm as guilty as anybody. anybody. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm unique that I'm that I'm not doing any of that because I am. But you know, it's I don't know. At some level, I do long for the days where I could just pull a throttle, smoke went out the pipe. Yep. I hit a lever, something went up and down. No phone bothered. It was yet. loud enough. Nobody could call me if I had one. Exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. But we're past that now, at least for the short term. We might get back to that the way things are looking, but yeah, you know, farming has it's just it's went off the rails. I mean, I hate to say that. I, I like the new technology. I really do. I, I love all that stuff. It's great. It's handy. Yeah, but man, I, I think we've talked about this before in a podcast. It makes you wonder if the class five or six combine should have been the biggest combine anybody ever made. Yeah, and for sure. And I'm not knocking big farmers. I don't want anybody that farms several thousand acres listen to this because I'm not. I'm. No, I get why they want the big machines and helps hard to find. When we just said you can't find anybody to work on it. Damn. I think we're under attack. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It uh, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more and more out of control. And I'm not sure. You know, you and I probably can't do anything to stop it. It just is what it is. But yeah, it, it's I don't know. I don't know how you fix it, how you unwind it, because it's obvious when a combine costs a half a million dollars or a million now with a new X9, you got to spread that over more acres, you know? So, I... And you just want to see a mad guy have his million-dollar combine go down nobody to fix it. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be very happy about that, and I don't blame him. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, if he's got a million-dollar combine, he probably ain't got a spare. Exactly. He's probably not going to hop out of that, fire up the old 6620, and and get after it so he's right. still getting something done, you right. know. Now he's on the phone yelling at somebody. Yeah. If there's anybody there to pick up the call to answer it, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's so, the next problem. Yeah. I don't know. We got to get this country back to work somehow, some way. Well, and, you know, I've read that report, too, that because I don't know about you, but I can't, I don't know of anybody who's worth their salt that don't have a job. You've always got the deadbeats that have never had a job yeah. and never going to have a job. Yeah. But anybody that's always had a job, everybody I know has a job. And they talked about when COVID hit, you know, the baby boomers are like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. You know, the, say you had a guy that was 62 years old driving a truck and COVID hits. He's still an essential worker, so he can drive. But when he gets to the truck stop, all he can do is get fuel. He can't yeah. go in and take a shower, get a hot meal, whatever. Yeah. After a couple of weeks of that, he's like, I'm, screw this, I'm done. Yeah, and he I'm just done. retires. So now you take all these baby boomers offline and nobody else to step up to fill yeah. the shoes. So I don't know how you fix this moving forward because now you know you got local trucking companies around here willing to pay people 25 30 dollars an hour for just a day driver not an over-the-road driver you know i've thought for a while throughout this i'm like now would be a magical time to be getting out of high school oh for sure i'm like your chances you know like you want to go to fedex for a part-time job you start at the max wage yeah a wage that it took other guys three four five years to get to you could start there tomorrow yeah you can pass the work all you want and work all you want yeah, it'll be a full-time job if you're not careful, you know, and several other companies the same way. Like, you can do about anything you want, you know. It's like, yep. you pull into a fast food restaurant, you're just hoping if the speaker kicks on. Yeah. You know, otherwise, yeah. you know, there might be somebody in there, he's just there to fuck, shut the lights off. Yeah. You know, that, you know, it's it's a mess all the way around. I really do think this is where, especially like in fast food, and I said this a long time ago before COVID ever even hit, Eventually, McDonald's, you don't have enough people going in McDonald's to justify staying open. You don't. I mean, the local one we go to, the cars are literally wrapped all the way around the building at noon. Nobody wants yeah. to go inside. 
And I'm like, now you're going to, the next time you see a McDonald's in this area remodeled, they're probably going to knock off the dining area because you don't need it. Everybody wants to go to the drive-up. You got three guys that are drinking a 95-cent coffee. Yeah. That you made zero money on. You're not wrong. It's going to go the way of the playground. Yeah. You know, for a while, we yeah. had a playground to get you inside. Well, yep. then we realized nobody was going to the playground, so we nipped them off for other space. And, yep. And you're not wrong. I mean, some of those businesses, you know, like we've got a local place here that's a double drive through and has been, that was their, that was their go-to yep. 25, 30 years ago. And it, for 20 years, we said, well, if they just had a lobby, if you just had a place where yeah. you could sit down, now it's like, oh. Well, they don't need that now. Yeah, now they're, they're killing their it. time. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're ahead of their time. They're killing it, you know. And, uh, they don't have to clean the lobby, and nobody's going in anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a mess. Oh, you know, we were talking, too, here a while back, and even heard it from one of our marketing guys. You know, let's just throw out the whole climate change deal. I don't care if you believe in it or don't. It's on us, and we're going to get forced into it, regardless. It's coming, because Farm Bureau, none of these groups want to do anything to combat any of it. They just yeah. go along to get along. And so, it's here. And that's going to majorly change the landscape of how things are done in America from farming to everything. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I would like to talk to somebody in depth that actually knows, you know, not fake news or just people's opinions. So, like, their big thing is we got to start conserving water. Okay. So, how does that affect guys like you and I? Because all we're counting on is rain anyway. Yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't ask for more. I can't take less. I mean, I yeah. get what I get. Get what I get, yeah. So... You know, how are you going to do a one-size-fits-all? I, I, I understand, I guess, if you're irrigating that they can control that. Well, Tony, they'll do it the way the government always does it. They'll throw down some general rule that doesn't really fit anybody, and yeah. they'll screw a bunch of us, yeah. and then it'll just go on. Right. And then a few years later, they'll say, oh, we we got to rechange this program. We didn't do that right. And then yeah. they'll screw it up even worse the next go-round. Yeah. No, That's you're right. It That's, it's exactly how it goes. But those guys that irrigate, if they start shutting them off, I and mean, there's places, well, we got one in Illinois. You shut them off from irrigation, they literally can grow nothing. Right. Nothing. I mean, that, right. that ground's wasteland at that point. Yeah. You know. And is this the, I, I don't mean this to be conspiracy, whatever, but is this is this all going to fall into the fact, okay, we knock ethanol offline because we're going electric, so we don't need 93 million acres of corn. Yeah. So all you guys are irrigating, you're done. Fuck it. So now the guys like you and I that weren't irrigating to begin with are like, well, you guys can go ahead and grow corn because we still need X amount for feed or whatever. Yeah. So I would be, I, I guess I'm more comfortable living and farming where I do Versus yeah. what we would call the fringe. You know, when we were kids, you didn't grow corn in North Dakota. You just didn't. No. Now they do. But if I was in them areas, I would be very seriously looking long-term at different options. Yeah. Or, or wherever they irrigate. I guess North Dakota don't have to be that. I don't know if they irrigate much up there. But, you know, western Nebraska yeah, or Colorado. I know what you're saying. You yeah. know. Place where there's water rights and it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I don't know. that. I mean, they're pushing us towards we don't need any of that, Tony. You got fake meat, yeah. You, don't, you so you won't need any of that. We need yeah. what we need is ethanol power plants, apparently, because we're taking all the coal ones offline, which is a genius move. Oh, JD. Yeah. that's going to work out great. Yep, we'll have some nice blackouts out of that when yeah. the sun doesn't shine, the wind doesn't blow. I mean, we're only the Saudi Arabia of coal. I yeah, mean, we wouldn't want to use any of that yeah. for anything. I mean, the Nazis could make diesel fuel out of it in the '40s, but now nah, we don't want to go down that path. Well, we'll just sit here in the dark and and hope the wind turns on tomorrow. Yeah, seems like a great plan. Yeah, solar works really good at night. Doesn't take up any ground. Doesn't have any rare earth minerals getting mined to make any of that shit. Can't make any of it in the U.S. anyway. It's a great plan. Yeah, you know, you and I talked about this here a while back. You know, you get people on the other side that always say, "Well, yeah, but you know, we need to trade with other people, and we'll just rape all their minerals while we keep ours." 
and then you know we ain't got to worry about it, and then we'll have the upper hand. But it never works that way no. because the way I see it, when okay, was the last time we ran somebody out of something? That's what I mean. That, let's just pretend now yeah. that that we pump the Middle East totally dry of oil. Yeah. Okay. So now we have way less oil on the planet than what we had before, right? Because we pumped the Middle East dry. Yeah. So that's going to make our oil way more valuable, right? Yep. So it's going to get so unaffordable that people are going to look for alternatives now because yeah. it's like we have less of it. So so it never that sounds good on paper. It sounds good in theory, but it don't work that way. It, the only way you can make that work is to take those countries over. You don't, exactly. you don't barter with them. You take them over, exactly. and then it's yours. Right. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. terrible to say, but it's true. No, but it's true. You know, I mean. Because like you said, when was the last time we ran somebody clear out of something? Yeah. Because to me, once it gets more scarce, it becomes more valuable to yeah. where it beces unaffordable. So you're like, well, fuck this. We're going to find some other way to do it. Yeah. So you do. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But, I don't know. But, man, the landscape is sure changing. I, I don't know what I would tell us a kid my age, you know, 12 years old that likes to farm. I don't know if I could recommend it or not. I, I'm not saying he can't do it. It's a but, great it's a great lifestyle. But, man, the, the stress of it's getting to be more and more every day, and I, I just don't. There's easier. If you're looking for an easier path, there definitely are easier paths. Oh, yeah. You know, that take way less capital investments. Like, you know, people nag on farmers. Well, you know, you got, guys got this new truck or it's new combine. Yeah, okay. And by the same token, you find me another job that requires, in this day and age, you don't have to have a four-year education, but it doesn't hurt for some, for some things. Okay, that's fairly expensive. And takes, okay, you want to farm 1,000 acres so you can be somewhat a full-time farmer. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many millions of dollars is that ground worth? Right. So you got to have that. Whether you're renting it or buying it, somebody owns it. You, it's tied into the operation right. somehow. You need a couple million dollars worth of equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, I always joked when I was a kid, you send somebody to the Farm Progress Show, the Farmer Shooting Show with a million dollars, you couldn't come home with enough stuff to farm. Well, that's not even, I mean, that, that's yeah. not even a funny joke at this point in time. You, you wouldn't come home with two pieces, hardly. Yeah, exactly. You a tractor and a planter. So, so you find a guy that, that's got a good factory job or whatever, I'm not saying factory life's easy because there's negatives to go to for the haters get on here. But I'm like, he's got some sort of vehicle to get him there or public transportation tied up in that, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have to tie up right. $2 million for the machinery to try to make that 50, 60, 100 grand, whatever yeah. whatever number yeah. we're shooting for salary-wise. Right. And he doesn't have the, the variability of, well, this year you might make 30. Next year you might make 130. Right. year after that, now they might be selling you out because you made 10. Right. You know, things went and bad part, and you didn't make shit. The part that the people on TikTok or the social media never see is, you got to play the tax game, okay? Yeah. So this year I had a great year. I made a hundred grand, which you're over 150. Pick your number, which yeah. is you know more than the average guy. But guess what? The tax man cometh. Yeah. So do you either upgrade that tractor? Yeah. So you don't pay as much in taxes, which in turn supports jobs at John Deere or wherever yeah. you bought it from, or do you just eat the taxes and write the government a big old check and they piss it away yeah. in ten and, seconds, and, literally, yeah. and nothing? Yeah. Hey, you give. Weapons to the Afghans. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's such a shit storm on that, you know, and, and good tax preparation is very, very key in uh, yep. in making or breaking your farming operations. You know, you can't spend yourself rich, but if there's something you need, you better find a way to get yeah. it and not just give all the money right. away because I, that doesn't work either. I fully believe that somebody our age if you had to write a $100,000 check to the government, we're not established enough. There's something I think you could buy, unless somebody yeah. literally died and left you a line of nice machinery. Yeah. That you can 
help offset that little. If I'm 65 years old, everything's paid for. I got a tractor with 300 hours, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to trade because I want to pay taxes. Yeah, that didn't really gain you. <laughs> you had a tractor, with, basically a yeah. new tractor for another new tractor. That yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. I would eat the taxes at that point and move on. Yeah, you know? but yeah, guys got to got to play the game a little bit. And but that's any. Any small business, even any large business, is doing that. Oh, for that, sure, yeah. You know? I don't I mean, matter if you're construction. They're all or, doing that. I mean, farmers yeah. catch hell for it. But, I mean, the CEO of Pfizer's debating on whether or not sure. they trade planes for the same reason. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yep. So, and and I, I think the average American doesn't realize the other industries that are subsidized. You know, farmers yeah. always get the black eye because there are subsidies in farming, yeah. you know, some years there's, more than others. There's plenty of subsidies in other industries, too. Exactly. They yeah. always overlook that. But yeah. Subsidies or nod, nod, wink, wink, government contracts. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just seen today that uh, Chuck Grassley is running again. And I thought it said by the end of his term he will be 95. Nice. So, you know. He's very in touch with what's going on. And I'm sure there's people going to be on here that, oh, well, you know, he has done a lot for the American farmer. Well, I can tell you this much right now. Chuck Grassley has done more for Chuck Grassley's wallet than he's done for you or I. <laughs> yeah. I will assure you of that. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Because... When you're that age with that kind of money, don't you think it'd be time to step back and enjoy the grandkids and maybe live life yeah. a little bit? I mean, what what other job on the planet do you work until you are literally 100 years old? You remember Strom Thurmond, yeah. the senator, was yeah. in a fucking wheelchair, yeah. wheeling him down the aisle? I mean, do you yeah. know other guys that are in factories that are just, people you're just push them in, in wheelchairs and everything? Dying to go, yeah. 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 Doesn't work it's that just way. power. Mm-hmm. Comes down to power. Yeah. So, don't blow smoke up my ass. That's uh <laughs> Yeah, that's for him. It ain't for us. Yeah. It's sad, but what are you going to do about it? It's here to stay, and it is what it is. But but moving along from the senators, whatever, and all this kind of shifting gears here, what do you think your grandpa would say if he could come back and know that there's farmers in America making as much money off of a YouTube channel showing how they farm as what they do farming? I, mean, I think they'd be pretty perplexed with that. Right. Yeah. It's crazy to think about stuff that you and I take for granted that don't think twice about doing that you can film yourself doing. Yeah. And make an actual living. Yeah. Off of doing it. And, and it's frustrating for me to think that it's gotten to that point where like being able to do it isn't as valuable as being able to film it. Yeah. Being able to show that you can. Yeah. It, yeah. You can do parts of it. I mean, you can, you can edit out the bad parts. Yeah. You know, so uh, making something with your, with your hands isn't as valuable as filming something right. that you quote unquote made with your hands. Yeah. In this day and age, and it uh, there's a lot of people that really don't make, produce, or build anything. They're making very good living, and not knocking them for it. Hats off to them. Yeah, I wish I would have figured it out before they did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it takes a certain demeanor to go down that path, even. But uh, yeah, good for them. But it, yeah, it's. It'd be very interesting to see their take on it. Of course, there's so much stuff, the uh, technology side of things, that they would be so mesmerized by. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, they were lucky to have a color TV, you know, yeah. for however long, and now there's a TV, you know, at the gas pump. Yeah. So, it, it uh, I think they'd struggle with it a little bit. It would be shelter shock, shell shock for sure. Yeah, that would definitely be getting the comments of you young guys mm-hmm. and don't know how to mm-hmm. <laughs> work or whatever you want to throw in there yeah yeah it would be 
it would be mind-boggling if you could just bring somebody back that died in 1979. Well, you remember those old movies, and I can't think of the name of one off the top of my head, but, you know, there's some time travel involved or whatever, and there's all the stuff that's changed, you know, or whatever. Like the one with Sylvester Stallone, I can't think, Demolition Man or whatever it was, you know. I never knew, figure out the three seashells thing, but, you know, the stuff that changed in that, which some of that's come to fruition to a sure. certain degree. You know, we're, we've seen some of that now. It's like, yeah, it just... I don't know that your mind could handle it. You know, right. a little bit at a time, you can ingest it a little bit, but to see it all at once, one fell swoop, if you move from 1970 to yeah. 2020, they, I, I don't know, it'd probably blow your mind. They would be more shocked to come from 1970 to now than if you dropped you or I in 1850. Yes. By yeah. a landslide. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. It's just nuts. But I always remember, you know, growing up in school, they always told us, you know, course there was no cell phones nothing i'm talking we was in like second or third grade and i remember teachers telling us back then that someday you'll be able to pick up the phone and see the person yeah that you're talking to you know yeah. and it, it sounded weird at the time but it, they were spot on i don't know every time i bump that button on my phone it tells me this person can't accept cannot accept video calls Is that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you're right you know of course by the same token they always tell you well you got to learn this you're not going to have a calculator with you all the time joke's on you exactly i do have one all the time yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how cell phones when they first come out was so handy because now man I can talk to anybody you know if yeah. I have car trouble whatever to where it's went so far now that it's become a burden it's like man you just soon burn this thing I yeah, mean, and you get so reliant on it like the calculator thing the other night I was at the concession stand and, and it was a young girl but my total for my goods was 250 I gave her a 5 she turned to the other girl she's like he gave me a 5 his bill's two fifty. What do I give him back in change? Right. And I'm like two fifty. Yeah. And she looked at me like I was cross-eyed. Right. And, you that's know. what you get. That's what you owed me. You. Know, I don't. You get. Yeah. She looked at the other girl. She's like she just nodded, looked at me, and laughed because she was a few years older than than this. Other. And this this girl was not super old, you right. know. So, but it's still it's like that's fairly basic math. I'm right. like five minus two fifty. I'm like we're not. Ta- I didn't ask you to do like. Right any sort of calculus in there but you know we're to that point you get relying on it you know and and it does dumb you down on some level and i'm as guilty as anybody you know auto oh, steer yeah. quits on a tractor i mean yeah. i i can still do it don't get me wrong that's how we grew up but it's like man you don't want to i mean <laughs> my brother always jokes that auto steer failure is not an emergency in the in the service world you know and, and he's right it's not he's not I, I got a friend who's like, he's a tech, and he's like, you know, guys will call him, hey, I got this auto steer problem, da 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 you know, I'm down or whatever. He's like, what you're going to want to do is look in front of you. There's this round black thing. If you turn it, that tractor will drive. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to do that till I can get there. Oh, yeah. I, how soon do you think you're going to be here? I, I, I got some things I can do. I'll just park for a little bit. You know, uh-huh. It's like. And I'm, you know, I always used to joke that it was the air conditioner, right? Like, yeah. the air conditioner quits. That's crisis lockdown. Like, wheels can be falling off of it. Right. We haven't had the hoods on for three years. Air filters right. laying in the shop. Yeah. But if the air conditioner quits, bam, we're done. <laughs> now it's the auto steer, you know? Yeah. Which, Which some of that stuff, I always say they ought to tie into the air conditioner and the auto steer. Exactly. It's like, hey, you're low on oil. I don't need an alarm for that. Just kill the air right. conditioner and the auto steer. That guy's stopping right. for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Which, now... 
you know, hell, I had to call you during planting double crop beans because it is a crisis. When you can't open the windows. <laughs> you, you can't, can't open the windows. You're just done. Yeah. You're in a greenhouse. I mean, yeah. it's like. You look like a drowned rat when I got out there and you hadn't been in there that long. Exactly. It's like, yeah, but I feel your pain on that. But air conditioner quits, so do I. Yeah. If you had told my grandpa that, you you got to quit with the air conditioner quits. I mean, it looked that way. You, you had two heads. I mean, yeah. What are you talking about? Well, for starters, if you do open the windows in any of my tractors, I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah. That's most a, of them don't open anyway now. But. Yeah. A little different animal. You don't just kick the door open and say, well, we'll just run it today until we can get it fixed. No. Nope. Don't work that way. So. No. That uh, guy didn't realize how, you know, you can knock the 1086 cab all you want, but those were the best windows. If you needed to breeze, you pop them out and they would scoop a little air in. Like you could get a little, of course, the air conditioner's going to quit in that. Right. So you could scoop a little air in, you know. I'm and you sure weren't going to open the suicide doors. It was no. going to blow shut as soon as you open. It blow shut, Yeah. <laughs> Now, Heston was ahead of their time. You could latch those doors like four inches open. Oh, really? Little rods that flipped out so you could scoop the air in on those. No kidding. And then the, the side windows opened up and the back one, of course. I'll be dang. Now, they were ahead of their time on that. You could latch the windows or the doors open like four or really? six inches or whatever. Yeah. I'll be damned. And they, and they, I mean, it didn't rattle or anything. There was a little duel. You screwed it tight. Nope. So, so it, it, held it would hold them in really? that position. Now, I can assure you, those have never been used on mine. If you ever thought about doing that, my dad was not going to be very happy with you. Like, you didn't even open the back glass to back up to the implement because dirt was going to fall on the cab, uh-huh. and he's going to be unhappy about that. But yeah. Yeah. I had to come down after harvest and do a, a tour of the Heston yeah, on my YouTube channel. Yeah. I was surprised how many people didn't realize Heston yeah, made crackers. there wasn't very many. <laughs> you know, I'm a Steiger guy through and through, but air conditioner quits on 9370. You got nothing. Exactly. There's not a wind. The only window in that thing that opens, unzips, and falls out for emergency use only. Yeah. <laughs> you're only opening that one time, <laughs> and you're going to yep. call somebody. You're, otherwise, you're going to ride with the, holding the handle of the door, trying to scoop a little air in. Mm-hmm. And if you're going the wrong way with the breeze, you got yeah. nothing. Not going to work. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That's for sure. I don't know. <laughs> well, what do you think? Cut her off here. I think we've about yeah, went full we, circle again. Yeah, we've wrapped her so, up. Well. We thank everybody for tuning in. Hopefully, this will get you a few more passes through the field listening yeah. to the podcast. Everybody getting a little bitchy because we hadn't made yeah, any, but we yeah. just ain't had time. Just ain't had time. <laughs> but, hell, I'm glad people want to hear it, I guess. Yeah, no it doubt. Could be the other way. They could be telling us to shut it off. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, But, nope, we thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, keep it tuned right here. We'll try to get as many of these cranked out as we can through Harvest here, but you got to bear with us a little bit. So, with that being said, we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you.